Welcome to the Leadership Conversations podcast. I'm your host, Jono White. I'm the founder and principal consultant of Clarity. We are an Australian-based consultancy that works with leaders around the world, and our passion is to invest in people to become everything they're meant to be in order to fill the world with healthy organizations that people love to work for and customers line up to buy from. The goal of this podcast is to invest in you and your leadership. If you're just joining us for the first time, then feel free to check out consultclarity.org. That's our website, consultclarity.org. We have so many free resources on there. The most popular being our seven questions on leadership series. We've had more than 1,500 leaders from around the world in all different sectors give their in-depth answers on leadership, what books they love, what they found most challenging, uh, the most meaningful stories, how they how they structure their time through the day. That's free, so go and check it out. And we'd love to interview you about your leadership. I believe you have advice from your experience, your context, and your life so far that is important and can help other leaders. It's also a great way to give back. It's free to get involved, and you can do so by going to consultclarity.org forward slash seven dash questions dash interest, or just Google consultclarity.org seven questions interest and fill out the form that pops up. We have a free resource for you on our website. It's called Leadership Survival Guide. It's a 57-page ebook. It has interviews with 10 world-class leaders, and you can go to consultclarity.org. It's right at the top and get that today. Uh, we also have a daily email that we send out to over 15,000 leaders, and that email contains the highlights, our best content from our podcasts, our blog, uh, my book, uh, the books that we're loving that are out there about leadership, it's also the best way to get access to our masterclasses and workshops before anyone else. And there's also exclusive and limited uh, special options just for subscribers. And you can subscribe by going to consultclarity.org forward slash subscribe. Now, my gift to you is to work incredibly hard to provide the best leadership content I can to invest in you and your leadership. So if you're finding our content helpful, if you find this podcast helpful, then your gift to me uh, could be this. If you, if you do find it helpful, then write a review or rate our content and make sure you subscribe or follow. I can't emphasize enough how helpful that is. It really does help us to get the word out there so we can invest in more leaders to become everything they're meant to be. It also means a lot to me personally when people like you and people in our community share our content on social media. So if you do that, then please do look for me, Jono White, to tag me and look to tag Clarity uh, on whatever platform you're on. And our team, including me, I, I'm always looking to see when people have mentioned us so that I can engage with you. And also we look at sharing content. So if you if you write something about something we've done, there's also a good chance we'll share that with our followers. So if you could do that, that is a massive, massive help as we try to invest in as many leaders as we can around the world. Last of all, you can check out my book about how to deal with difficult people even if you hate conflict. It's called Step Up or Step Out. It's available on Amazon. You can just look up Step Up or Step Out John O. White, or you can go to store.consultclarity.org forward slash book and check it out there. I 
have coached leader after leader after leader, and in more than 50% of the sessions, this topic comes up. How do I deal with this person? I'm finding it really difficult, and, and I just want to find a way that doesn't blow up to do a really, just to have a difficult conversation, to lead them better. How do I do that? There's a three-step process that I outline in this book that I believe can help you. Okay, let's get into today's episode of the Leadership Conversations podcast. Enjoy. Welcome to another episode of the Leadership Conversations podcast. Today's guest, I'm really excited to have him on the podcast. I've been looking forward to it. Daniel Burris. Daniel is a best-selling author, keynote speaker, and strategic business consultant at Burris Research. Uh, welcome to the podcast, Daniel. Hey, it's my pleasure to be with you. Yeah, as I said, I've really been looking forward to this one. I, I've, I'm really excited to hear your story. Uh, a lot of people, a lot of listeners will be familiar with you because um, you do have a, a really uh, significant following, which is incredible and your work is, is amazing. But for those who may not be familiar, tell us about what you do. Well, I've started six companies over the years. Uh, five were national leaders in the United States uh, in the first year and were profitable in the first year. So in other words, I don't just write books and give speeches. I, I've actually done it and started companies and grew them. And <clears throat> I've been uh, started my uh, research company, uh, oh my goodness, uh, over 30 years ago now. And uh, we research global innovations in all areas of technology. Uh, lasers, robot genetics, fiber optics, you name it. We've been researching it for, again, many years. And um, I'm considered a, a disruptive innovation expert and global futurist, primarily around, again, the impact of technology. And my, uh, <clears throat> my driving passion is really to teach people, and I want to do this on this podcast, to teach people to become anticipatory versus just being reactionary. And let me just take a second to define a little bit about the difference between those two, yeah. and then we can lay some groundwork. So uh, agility and being agile is how most companies of just about every size have been dealing with the rapid pace of technological change, as well as other changes that have taken place. But it's important to realize that agility actually came from sports. And to be agile is to react as quickly as you can to a problem after it occurs, to react as quickly as you can to disruption after it disrupts. The more agile you are, the faster you react. And to me, that is good. There's a lot of things you can't predict. But my methodology that I've developed over the decades and have been teaching around the world is how to find certainty in an uncertain world, how to find the hard trends that, I, that will happen, letting you see disruptions before they disrupt, giving disrupt, turning disruption into a choice, and letting you see problems before you have them so you can pre-solve them. So what I'm really trying to get people to do is to not just be agile anticipator, uh, agile reactors. I want them to be anticipators creating the transformations that need to happen to mm. elevate relevancy and accelerate innovation and growth. Yeah, I, I love it. And uh, even hearing you just talk briefly, I think it's it's obvious why people are leaning in so much and have been for so long because 
talk about uncertainty the past couple of years um have uh you know i, I think everyone's learned well i, I love the i love the language you use daniel anticipatory rather than um you know rather than just reacting let's um let's jump into your story and i'm i'm, I'm so excited to chat more around your ideas because uh but but i also want to find out about um daniel and that's the uh, you know the idea of the conversation so let's start with Let's start with your childhood and growing up. I'd love to go all the way back there for you. And, and uh, you know, like you've just described, you have a really interesting set of skills and, and a way of thinking that people love. Can you reflect on where that came from in, in terms of how, you know, what was it about growing up in that season of your life that really shaped you into the sort of person you are today? Well, of course, there's many things that shape an individual, but... Uh, my uh, my dad was an engineer, and he really didn't know how to talk to kids, meaning when you asked him a question, he didn't give you the kid answer. He gave you the adult answer. So when I asked him why the sky changes color as a little kid when the sun sets, instead of making something up like a lot of people would do, he's an engineer. He gave me this physics of it. And so I kind of started uh, rising to... The discussion, and my uh, uh, and I know my mother was when I was very young. Uh, she was always uh, uh, asking me uh, questions, like for example, I would walk home from school, and she would say, "What color was the last car you saw?" and uh, uh, and you know, asking me details uh, about my experience just in doing anything. So, in other words, she was teaching me to be observant, very observant, and I think being observant and, and uh, looking for things and, and not just blindly walking through life is really important. And again, uh, I learned that the science and the questioning and the problem solving probably from dad. And there's an interesting thing that I, I learned uh, uh, just a few years ago, I attended one of those uh, high school um, uh, reunions, you know, that take place every now and then. And and uh, I hadn't been to one for many decades, but I just thought, you know, I'm going to go to one and just see what, what those old high school students are like. And I'll tell you, uh, uh, Jono, I was shocked because I didn't know this, but mm. they were saying, here's what they said. They said, oh, you're Ross talking about the future. Well, I didn't know that. <laughs> I thought I didn't realize that. I didn't know that at all. I, I, because I was just being me. So yeah. I guess I'm kind of wired to be thinking about the future and, um, just a little bit, uh, a little bit more in that, um, mm -hmm. when, uh, when I was in, uh, when I was in high school, I was taking the advanced biology and accelerated physics, but I also took, uh, what we called the uh, shop and drafting because I wanted to make a motorcycle. So I learned how to weld. I learned how to bend metal. I actually made a made my first motorcycle and uh, kind of got, uh, you know, so I was trying different things when uh, mm. rather than just going in one one route. Um, yeah. I, and then uh, just, uh, yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, I just love the fact that you're, <laughs> uh, that you're, you know, the other, the other students at high school said, Oh, you were always talking about the future. That's, um, you know, how, and then you, you didn't even you didn't even necessarily realize because, like you said, you were just always being Daniel. But that that passion to look forward and it was obviously always there. 
Yeah, it, it really was. And it led me to something else. It was a decision I made when I was 23. And by the way, I would love for everyone to consider doing something like this because it's been quite profound uh, for me over my life. Um, when I was uh, really young, I met a uh, great grandfather who was 98. And I, re and I was really very young. And I remember not much about him, but I remember thinking to myself, I wonder if he discovered all that he was, all that was inside. And I, of course, didn't know the answer. It was just a question I asked myself. And I thought to myself, you know, I'd like to, I'd like to discover what's inside. So when I was 23, I decided to do something about it. So I made a commitment to myself that I have kept doing all of these decades. I decided to learn one new thing every year. And because I needed a way to discover what's inside. Most of us uh, don't do that. So one year I learned how to uh, hang glide. One year I learned how to mountain climb. One year I learned how to make films. One year I learned how to dance. One year I learned how to make fancy dives off a diving board. One year uh, I uh, learned, uh, I raced unlimited class hydroplanes. One year I learned how to sail. Well, uh, that was over the decades. I've got a wide palette of experiences and learning that uh, that has been quite profound. So really, what I would love to do for all of our listeners is mm. I would love for you to consider doing something like that. And if you say, well, I'm too old, you're not too old. I don't care how old you are. Mm. Think about that. One new thing is doable. Maybe two or three is not. And an interesting thing that I, a couple of things I discovered over the decades, one was that um, the uh, I didn't have to think of what it would be. Those things found me because <laughs> I had my opportunity antenna up. I knew I was going to be looking for something and things just jumped out at me. So I didn't have to try to figure out a list. The list found me. And secondly, the goal was not to become world class. I just wanted to discover what's inside. Well, it turned out I was really good at some of those things. For example, uh, one year uh, back before digital, I borrowed a film camera, made four films that year, and uh, all of them won different uh, first place film festivals, and one of them made on network television in the United States. Who would have known? And one year <laughs> I got into photography, and I've been a feature artist at several universities. Who would have known? I wouldn't have known. Uh, I play a dozen musical instruments. Well, <clears throat> most people never try. You know, you might be the world's best flute player, but if you never pick one up, how would you know? So <laughs> that's another part of who I am. Ah, uh, that um, is so good. I, I just, I just, uh, I just, uh, I love that so much. And and that's, um, I think you're right. I think that's, that's a wonderful challenge for listeners to, because it's, it's interesting, Daniel, doing this podcast now around 200 episodes, I'm always looking for patterns, chatting with great leaders and great thought leaders and continuous learning, which I know it's, it's, it's maybe obvious, but I've found it to come up again and again and again, that passion to learn something new, to be teachable, to actually, uh, to realize there must be a better way to do things. So I, I, I think um, that's a really wonderful challenge, very practical challenge around learning. And when I, um, when I started out, I started out teaching biology and physics and uh, because I think the two most important moments in a human's life is the day you're born and the day you find out why you were born. And luckily, I found out long ago I was put on the planet to teach. 
So when I'm writing books and giving speeches and consulting, I'm not telling people, I'm teaching people a process, something that can empower them rather than just giving them information and saying good luck. And I, so I started out teaching biology and physics. I, I was very good at it. I got an Educator of the Year award my first year, but I also was always entrepreneurial. I put myself through college playing lead guitar in a rock band, and it was my band, and we actually made money. And I kind of liked being in business. And I had an idea for an airplane design, and uh, one summer I built it and test flew it, and boy, it was a great plane. So I ended up with 37 national locations in the U.S. in the first year and started another company, another one, and another one. And within two years, I had four different companies doing really well in four different areas. But mm. I was less satisfied yeah. because I was not really teaching anymore. I was now exploring the business side. And yeah. I think I could have kept doing that, but I asked myself an important question, and this is where the future comes back in. Mm -hmm. I asked myself, thinking of my great-grandfather, right? If I'm 96 and this is how I live my professional life, doing what I'm doing, am I happy? And the answer was no. So I sold all four businesses and that's when I started uh, Burris Research and uh, did about a year's worth of research, came up with my methodologies and started speaking and consulting and writing the six books that I've written that are in you know 14 different languages and giving speeches all over the world. I reconnected with what I was meant to do, and that is to mm. teach. And when I stray from that, I'm less happy. So I think being being happy and fulfilled is a key, not just putting money in your pocket. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I want to zoom in on that that massive um, decision you made and the wonderful question you asked yourself. Um, <clears throat> you know, do you remember how? you know, you're running four companies, they're successful, you know, things are going, things are going well, I'm just interested to know how practically you went, like, what was the process you went through to stop and, and realize you weren't fulfilled? Do you know what I mean? I know exactly. I remember it like if it was yesterday. I, um, I was going to open, a, uh, for my airplane business, I was going to open a manufacturing plant on the West Coast of the United States, because again, it was growing, doing great. And that's when I decided, wait a minute, wait a minute, uh, before I do that, which is going to now get me even more ingrained in that business, um, is, is this the right path? Is this the ideal future for me? And I stress the word ideal because all of us have a future, but is it the ideal future? And that's what made me step back and really think about and go back to thinking, all right, so now I'm an old guy looking back. And um, uh, I remember when I started my first company, I did something that might be useful here as well. Because remember, I was teaching. And when I started a business, I didn't have any business courses. I was a teacher. And uh, so there was the fear of failure because I was successful as a teacher, but I didn't know how to be successful as a business person. Uh, but what helped me was I realized, well, heck, I've got more than one fear. I ought to lay them all out. And when I layered all the fears that I had out, I found that the fear of regret was bigger than the fear of failure. The fear of not doing it and being an old guy wishing I had was a greater fear than doing it and failing and going back to teaching. So that helped me to move forward with confidence. And 
is this, you know, <laughs> one, one question that pops into my mind, Daniel, is the way you are so clearly, you, you've been able to reflect on yourself and sort of write down your own fears. In your experience, is that something anyone, any of our listeners can do? Or is that sort of process and how you've been able to do that something that um, is once again, just because you're wired a certain way, you are able to to reflect and because it, it is a unique thing to do. So I'm just interested in your opinion on that. Well, I have shared a number of these things I'm sharing with you now and your listeners with people, friends and others, and, um, and they have tried those and found them very successful. So in other words, for example, I, I, uh, it is just when I was coming back from the airport from giving a speech just two days ago, uh, there was a guy I didn't recognize, but he knew me. He was a driver picking me up. And apparently uh, he had given me a drive from the airport to my home uh, three years ago. And then he had moved to another state and I hadn't seen him. And uh, then he moved back because of having a grandkid and wanted to be closer to home. And uh, and he gave me a ride and he said, oh, you know, that thing you told me. And he was talking about one new thing a year. And he said, I've been doing that and it's been great. And then I even talked to him about a couple of other things like we're talking about now. And he was doing it. And he said uh, that he had a business that he had started on the side and it was going really well. And anyway, my point is, I think that uh, what I'm what I'm doing is I'm planting seeds. Mm. I'm a seed planter. And in this mm. podcast, I'm planting seeds out there. Now, I don't know what seeds are going to grow. But um, the key is to continue to plant seeds, and some will grow. Right now, there may be a listener that's saying, you know, that one new thing a year, I'm going to do that. Well, I don't know that, but I think that would be great. I know <laughs> that's likely somebody's going to do that. Somebody might be saying, you know, the ideal future is really important. As a matter of fact, let me just expand on that. Um, yeah, that, please. Because it's really helped. Um, in my planning, I do what I would call probably backwards planning. Now, what I mean by that is most people plan, uh, you know, six months, a year out, year and a half out, and then they think the future is so unpredictable, you can't go farther than that. So that's as far as they go. But what I've always done and has really helped me is I plan out, you know, 15 years out, at least, if not more, and ask myself, what's the ideal? And I get real focused on what the ideal is 15 years out. And I think about me personally, as far as, and professionally and economically. I mean, I think about the various elements to it. And then what I do is I plan backwards, getting more vague as I get towards the present. Why? Because now I've got my direction. I'll, I'll give you a, an, a quick story example. When I yeah. turned 30, uh, I was at the base of a, of a 12,000 foot mountain. And I thought to myself, you know, I got to climb a mountain today. And I didn't just start walking up the mountain looking at the, uh, you know, 20 yards or, you know, uh, you know, 50 meters ahead of me. What I did instead was I could see the top, my goal, my ideal goal. And I started looking at where's where what's the best way for me to get to the top without having to use a lot of ropes and equipment. And I could see a pathway and I started looking at it. And as I got closer to where I was standing, all I had to do was start walking because I knew where I was going to go. And as I got higher up on the mountain, about halfway up, you know what? I could see a different peak. I could see a higher peak. In other words, my goal that I had seen from the bottom 
wasn't really the where I wanted to go. I wanted to go to the top. I couldn't see it from the bottom. So I changed my goal. But here's the point. Failing to plan is planning to fail. Having a goal is important, but building change into the plan is just important. So I mm-hmm. had my ideal goal. I planned backwards. I started moving and I made adjustments along the way and I got to the top. I think um, a lot of listeners will be nodding along if they're thinking like I'm thinking they're going, yep, have a goal. But you just said there, the uh, how did you phrase it around changing planning? The ideal, the, well, first yeah. of all, I did say the ideal goal. And uh, that really is an important factor to define. What does ideal mean to you? Because every one of our listeners would have a different ideal mm. goal, even if you're in the same business. So how, you gotta, do you, uh, you know, how do you plan for change? Because right. that's the piece that, um, so say you articulate the ideal goal. That's the piece that when you said it, I thought, oh, I don't know if I, that's something that I don't know if I do that as well as I could. Or any advice on how to plan um, or build change into your plan? Well, absolutely. And uh, that's part of what I've been doing with my books, uh, like my second to the last one, Flash Foresight, and the latest one, The Anticipatory Organization. And that is, uh, first of all, you want to be able to move forward boldly and uh, have a certainty in this uncertain world. And that helps, this is helping you to deal with change. So let me just give you that a little bit on that. So um, I've been studying this for decades. All trends are either one of two categories. They're either a hard trend based on a future fact that will happen, which means it can't be changed, or it's a soft trend based on an assumption that may or may not happen. For example, we've got 3G wireless, we've got 4G wireless, we're getting 5G wireless. Well, is that it? No, they're going to be seeing 6G wireless followed by 7G. And baby boomers, uh, are they going to all of a sudden get younger? No, they're going to get predictably older. And we could predict a lot of problems and pre-solve them, or we could just let them happen. So there's opportunities all over that, uh, that when you use the hard trend, soft trend methodology, there are thousands of hard trend certainties. The three categories of hard trends, number one, technology number two, demographics, and number three, believe it or not, regulation is is unbelievable, Uh, (laughs) where you can find hard trend certainties and Mm. uh, out of those. The other thing with soft trends, uh, here's so there's two things I'm going to teach here. Number one, all trends are either hard trends or soft. They're either a future fact that will happen or they're based on an assumption that might happen. And secondly, a trend by itself is boring unless you attach it to an opportunity. The minute you tie an opportunity to a trend, it bursts into life. So a hard trend, the opportunity is you can see disruption before it disrupts, letting you become a positive disruptor. Because if you don't, someone else will. Because today you're either going to be the disruptor or the disrupted. There's no middle. You're either going to be more relevant or less relevant. There is no middle. You can't coast. Well, you can coast, but you can only coast downhill and there is a bottom. And the other type of trend is a soft trend. And the advantage of a soft trend is if you don't like it, you can change it. 
for example, right now there's a worry about a global recession that might be triggered from the inflation and what's going on in the United States and in Europe and Ukraine and all of these places. And, um, and there may be a lot of people seeing that our business is going to go down because of all of that. Uh, well, by the way, that's a soft trend. That's not a future fact. You could do something to actually make it go up or you could write it down that you have more choices than you realize. And um, again, it, there's more to it than just hard trends and trough trends, but I'm just giving you some kind of a feel for it. So when it comes to change, what I would really like our listeners to do is to focus more on transformation because change always comes from the outside in, forcing you to react, crisis mm. manage, and put out fires. On the other mm. hand, transformation, whether it is personal transformation or business transformation, always comes from the inside out. And that gives you control. That allows you to shape the future. So I would like you to not just be worried about change, I, because you can see a lot of those changes before they hit when you're anticipatory, turning them into an opportunity. And when it comes to transformation, you're actually shaping the future using all these new tools and things that you know. Yeah, that's uh, so. So, how do um, and I know we're delving into you know questions that if people really want to dive deep, they can. Uh, I would love, like you said, for this to be a seed that's planted for people to go and explore your books and really um, go into more depth. Um, but for a listener who's who's nodding along, going, "Yeah, okay, I, I'm hearing that." If I allow change to happen to me, then I become disrupted. How do I how do I work on transformation that happens um, from the inside, moving out? What advice would you give around transformation? Yeah, well, um, knowing the difference makes all the difference. So um, if you are, when uh, Research in Motion, the company that's uh, put out the BlackBerry, uh, that changed how you did your email because now you could do it on the road. It was, it was a, uh, a cellular device. However, the first iPhone didn't just change how you did all that. It transformed it. It became a camera. It became all these other things. That's transformation versus change. So uh, if you're just increasing the marketing budget, if you're just adding staff, if you're just jobbing out some of your IT to India, basically those are all changes. Those are not transformations. But uh, for example, uh, when I was writing my book, uh, Flash Foresight, I used my principles to start a company and I created the first mobile real estate app, uh, both uh, for in, both national in the US and international. And, um, uh, and that was hugely successful. And now I knew that would happen because I knew that if it can be done, it will be done. And if I don't do it, someone else will. And I generated about a hundred ideas of what apps would be that didn't exist in the moment but I knew they would happen. Why? Because technology was giving us an exponential growth in the ability to do uh, of what smartphones would do. So I could see where the future was going. I could see what uh, apps, and by the way, when I developed that first app, uh, that was in 2009, uh, the only thing you could do on an iPhone was uh, convert meters to feet and very simple things. There were no real business apps but I knew there would be, and there were no apps for healthcare and health, but I knew there would be, why wouldn't there be? 
And uh, so I just started getting specific about what they would be. And I picked one, in this case, uh, real estate. And um, basically what I did is I disrupted the entire world of real estate. And today, if you're buying a house, wherever you are, you're probably uh, using your phone to, uh, to look at it using one of the uh, software that's now developed for that. As an example. Yeah, that's an amazing example. Uh, I, I'm just aware of the time and um, maybe uh, down, down the track, I'd love to invite you back to, uh, to, you know, down the track to have another conversation, Daniel, because I, I have about 100 questions in my mind um, and you're just such a joy to, uh, to chat to. Um, but well, Donna, I can't help. Can I interrupt for a bit? Can yes. I give you just a quick thing for them to do right now? Oh, yes. Yeah, please. Uh, yeah. Here's what I'd like you all to do. I'd like you to put in your calendar and make an appointment one hour a week, that's doable, where you will be an opportunity manager, not a crisis manager. Block it out. If you don't, you'll be just putting out another fire. But you're going to spend the rest of your life in the future. Maybe you ought to think about it. And in that hour, I would like you to ask yourself, what am I certain about uh, using my terminology, what are the hard trends that I know will happen and what is the opportunity that I can see? What are the predictable problems, now that I've done that, that I can see that I can have so I can pre-solve them and not have them in the first place? That's how I can move forward faster. What are the soft trends that I want to adjust and modify to my advantage? And you'll get a list and I'd like you to boil a list down to one actionable item because big lists never get done. And then I'd like you to take action on it because if you don't, someone else will. Yeah, that's a, that's a great um, action step. And uh, I think there's going to be lots of listeners re rewinding this and listening again and and, um, and definitely walking away with, uh, you know, I can't believe it's, you know, it's only been half an hour. And like you said, you definitely have a, a gift and a passion for teaching. Um, I just wanted to ask you before we before we start wrapping up, what are you most excited about right now? What what are you most passionate about right now when it comes to uh, the future? I'm excited about what humans can do when they stop uh, looking at all the bad news. Because remember, bad news sells, good news doesn't sell. And if there is no bad news, they'll give you the anniversary of bad news. But when we start looking at the amazing opportunities in front of us, and we realize that we are capable of human beings of doing impossible things. We've been doing the impossible ever since uh, humans have been on the planet. Everything we're doing was impossible not long ago. That means everything that we're doing going forward, anything that we want to do, we could do if we just put our minds to it. And I'm excited about the brain power of the people that are listening right now that are going to unleash their brain power and make a transformative difference out there. That's what's got me really excited. Wonderful. Well, such a, <laughs> yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. Uh, so for those who have just really loved hearing your thoughts um, today, how can people find you? I, you know, a better question might be because there's a lot, you have a lot of content out there. What might be a great starting point if someone's listening and going, man, I really need to find out more about Daniel's work? Great. Well, one of the things to do is to go to my website, Burrus, B-U-R-R-U-S.com, and uh, you'll find uh, access to blogs. I write two a week, so you'll find a lot of them. 
and a bit, so there's thousands of them on there and other resources that I've got. Uh, you can, if you go to my name, Daniel Burris on LinkedIn, for example, I've got uh, 1.25 million people uh, following me on there because I'm sharing a lot of good things. Join the conversation. And I think uh, that's a good starting point. And I really recommend getting uh, my, perhaps my latest book, uh, Flash Foresight, or or the anticipatory organization. Either one, I think you would uh, find very useful. Wonderful. And and I want to encourage our listeners, as I always do, if you if if there has been something that Daniel shared that's been a light bulb moment, or you've been, you know, I'm always thinking about the person jogging by the river or sitting on a train and really wrestling with maybe what you're doing in your career and maybe something, one of those seeds that were planted today has been the turning point, then make sure you do reach out and let him know um, because that's always very meaningful. Uh, I want to thank our listeners for tuning in. Uh, one of my favorite episodes, just so much fun. Um, and uh, don't forget, I also have the John O'White Leadership Podcast and the Leadership Question of the Day Podcast. So there are two other places you can go to continue to invest in your leadership. But I want to finish today by saying a massive thank you to you, Daniel, for being so um, generous with your time and sharing some of your story and sharing um, your wisdom and, and most of all being such joy to spend time with. Thank you for coming on the podcast. Thank you. It's my pleasure. Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode of the Leadership Conversations podcast as much as I did. If you're joining us for the first time, don't forget to check out consultclarity.org. That's our website, consultclarity.org. We have so many free resources on there, including our seven questions on leadership series. We've had more than 1,500 leaders from all over the world in all different roles, in different industries, answer these seven questions on leadership and leaders give these in-depth answers around how they spend their time, uh, a book that's been significant for them. It's just a gold mine. It's completely free to access. So go to consultclarity.org and look for that. We'd also love to interview you about your leadership. I believe your experience, your life, your context means that you have advice on leadership that other leaders can learn from. Yes, you, if you're going, not me. Well, no, I really believe you would have something to add. So if you're looking for a way to give back, it's completely free to get involved. And we would love to interview you through the seven questions on leadership. You just go to consultclarity.org forward slash seven dash questions dash interest or Google consultclarity.org seven questions interest and fill out the form and get involved. We have a free resource on our website called the Leadership Survival Guide. It's a 57 page ebook, 10 world-class leaders giving their thoughts on leadership and that's completely free. It's available on our homepage consultclarity.org right at the top. So make sure you go and get that and download it today. And we have a free daily email that you can subscribe to. We send this out to over 15,000 leaders from around the world. And uh, it contains the highlights of content from our podcasts, our blogs, um, our books, books we're reading. It's got the best content and it gives you exclusive, limited, early access to our masterclasses, workshops, new products, special offers. It's all for our subscribers. You can go to consultclarity.org forward slash subscribe and join 15,000 other leaders. And you know, my gift to you is to work really hard, particularly through the Leadership Conversations podcast 
I have been blown away by the quality of the leaders and I'm learning as much as anyone in doing these interviews. So I'm having a great time. And my gift to you is to keep lining up the best leaders I can to invest in your leadership. Your gift to me, if you're finding this helpful, there is something that you could do that would help us out massively. And that is to write a review and to leave a rating for our podcast or wherever you're watching or listening to this. I can't tell you how much that helps us out. Also subscribe or follow. It really does make a difference in helping us to help more leaders become everything they're meant to be. Another thing that means a lot to me personally is when I see our community share our content. So if you do share this or any other piece of content on social media, then thank you and and please do that. And look for me, John O'White, or Clarity and tag us in your post. Our team is always looking for posts to engage with from our community. And there's also a chance that we'll share your content uh, to go beyond and share it with our followers. Last of all, you can check out my book. It's called Step Up or Step Out, How to Deal with Difficult People Even If You Hate Conflict. I wrote this book because 50% of the coaching sessions I have with leaders, this topic comes up again and again and again. And it's this idea of how do I have this difficult conversation? How do I lead this person better when I'm finding them difficult? Or in some cases you look and you say, I think I might be leading a difficult person. They're just quite difficult to lead or I'm finding them quite difficult to lead. So there's a three-step process that I unpack in step up or step out. And the amazing thing, and I've literally done this myself and I've heard it anecdotally from other leaders as I've coached them, is that if you follow this process, you will see that person step up and change their behavior or make a decision, which is to step out some of the time. Uh, 95% of the time, people will step up or step out in just four weeks. And I stand by that. It's uh, You have to read the book to understand, but uh, I really do believe in it and I've experienced it firsthand. It works. So you can go to Amazon, look up Step Up or Step Out John O'White or store.consultclarity.org forward slash book. Well, thank you so much for listening. We're going to be back with a new episode next time of the Leadership Conversations podcast. And I hope today has helped you to take another step towards becoming the leader you're meant to be. See you next time.